Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you're going to hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd AF. Because I believe that the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Hello, my friends. How are you? Uh, I am very excited for you to hear this conversation with my friend, Shay Sandifer. Shay is the founder and CEO of the new MPLS. It's a company. She's based out of Minneapolis. It's a company that promotes health and healing through community and organization partnerships. Uh, Her work is very focused on serving a diverse population, on promoting racial health and equity. And that's just one aspect of, of this woman. She is uh, involved in so many things. She's actually a certified group fitness instructor. She's a lifestyle coach with her focus on diabetes prevention, arthritis prevention, and trauma healing. She provides coaching, consulting, fitness classes, meal prep courses, and she owns a farmer's market. I mean, she does so much. And she even has a weekly podcast called Fitness Revolution with Shay. Uh, we barely scratch the surface. We really just dive into all the things she's involved in and and where they started and how they came in, into her life. Uh, we could have dove so deep into a lot of those different areas and her past and where her strength comes from and all those things. Uh, but I wanted you to get to know all the things she has involved, you know, that she's involved in. So that way you can follow along, maybe get involved if you're in the area, uh, tune in, whatever. And I just think that she's she's got such purpose and passion behind what she does. And I feel like People like Shay are the people that we need to be following and paying attention to because they're making change happen. And she's doing it in the face of a lot of hard times. I mean, as a black woman herself, and I can't speak for her, but I can only imagine what she's had to endure, the conversations she's had to have, um, the things she's had to experience. And yet she shows up in a way that still leads and, and she shows up to serve. So I think she's definitely a fantastic role model for anyone. And I can't wait for you to hear the conversation. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Shay Sandifer. Uh, well, welcome, Shay. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. Uh, Shay and I briefly met in Minneapolis. And again, I'm going to reference Modern Well because I do this almost every episode with a guest. But I met her briefly and just uh, knew that I needed to speak to her at some point down the road uh, again. And now I've got this podcast and I couldn't think of a better situation to bring her on. So you guys can introduce, you know, meet her and I can introduce you to all the wonderful things she's doing. So Shay, again, welcome. Thank you. Uh, And I would love for you to give the audience, the listeners a quick bio, kind of who you are, what you do, just to give us a baseline of uh, what you're, what you're all about. So I guess I've been told lately I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, (laughs) I don't like to put myself in a box, but I do like to create. Um, So I own three businesses and Mm -hmm. our focus is racial health and equity through the lens of fitness, wellness and nutrition. Uh, So I have been in business for 10 years. I've been an entrepreneur and the three businesses are the new MPLS, uh, Let Go, Let Flow and Stories Behind the Menu. 
So they all focus on all six of the things I just mentioned. And it's all about healing from the inside out, but um, making an impact in community and helping individuals and groups. So my business model is I contract services throughout the Twin Cities to make basically wellness programming. Um, So I'm a certified life and wellness coach. I'm a certified group fitness instructor. I specialize in diabetes prevention, arthritis prevention, and trauma healing. And then I teach a class called Meal Prep with a Twist that teaches people how to eat on a budget with a healthy workout. And then I own a farmer's market where I have multiple vendors. Uh, Last year, we had 65 vendors that vend from uh, our organization. And then Like a Let Flow focuses on the wellness between um, black and white women and bridging that gap through courageous conversations. And then we highlight also um, an event called Black Men Are Valued. Um, that gives Black men a safe space to talk about and express and deal with the trauma of being a Black man in America. Mm-hmm. And we have Courageous uh, Wellness Wednesday that also does that. So I basically call white women hell not to be racist and talk about things that are, you know, people, they don't want to talk about, but they need to talk about. Me too. Absolutely. Yes. And from that, we've created our first calendar called the Black and White Affair. Um, that featured uh, 10 Black women entrepreneurs with their white allies. So it was a wellness calendar that's just showing um, great uh, friendships, uh, new friendships, old friendships, but how the white woman is bridging that gap and and being a true ally to the Black woman. So we're creating our second one this year. So we're really excited. And then... uh, we also have Stories Beyond the Menu, which I co-own with Julie Burton from Modern yeah. World. And that is a dinner book club that hones in racial health and equity, bridging the gap through cultural uh, conversation and food storytelling with a celebratory heart. And so we are in year two um, with this. We always start with Black History Month and we take a local chef that talks about how all the food in America and from their heritage has shaped America, how the only true cuisine is indigenous food. And so we're really proud. It's it's developed and evolved. It's something I couldn't even imagine that started off in my home. And we just got picked up for a documentary that's been starting to be filmed yeah. for Stories Behind yes. the Menu. So, yes. And we have Amanda Brinkman, who did Small Business Revolution, um, who directed that. She's our director and her team from Flow Studios and Sunshine Studios. So. Oh, my gosh. And I know. And yeah, and you're a mom on top of all this, right? Yep. I have a senior who just turned 18 on Monday, Janae. And I have Jalen, who's a junior, who's 16. And they are the CMO and CFO of my companies. So they do own part ownership. And they are entrepreneurs in the making, too. So we are training them. They're taking classes of how to build generational wealth and slowly move into full-time after college, running, help running the businesses. Oh, my gosh. There's so much here that I want to talk about and unpack. Like, you just basically went through my whole outline. So let's back up to the very beginning because, obviously, Mm -hmm. health and wellness is kind of a lot of the focus. I mean, there's a lot of layers to it. Mm-hmm. But where did health and wellness kind of come into your life? Was there was there something that sparked it? Was there a lifestyle change you needed to make? You know, health care, whatever. What was the thing that made this important to you to create basically the rest of your life around mm-hmm. this? So yeah, so I had always been into fitness, um, but I went through a pretty bad divorce ten years ago, and to heal myself, I took this route of through fitness, wellness, and nutrition and just reinventing myself, leaving corporate America and just uh, who was I 
at that time after a divorce. And so it just started the journey of my healing and then realizing that I was, for me, doing it the proper way with physically getting fit, mentally, with therapy, um, you know, counseling myself through that time and then uh, eating well. And so I said, mm-hmm. you need all three of these components to be well. So I was like, why don't I teach others how to do it? And that's where mm-hmm. I got started. And so doing this, then, it, like you said, you left the corporate world. What were you doing before when you were in corporate America? My last was- corporate job, I traded commodities. I don't know why. Yeah. My background's marketing and business. So. Okay. So you're like the far end of the other spectrum of what you're doing, <laughs> touchy but, feely, you know, talking to people yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. But absolutely. But. I needed all those skills to apply to my business. So right. people are like, oh my God, I go, yeah, but I feel like if I would have got into this like right out of college, it wouldn't have been the same, right? So sometimes you have to go through certain things. You have to learn skills. You have to go to college. You have to work some jobs that, and have a different career to then apply it to what you really, your big, uh, you know, your big passion is. So That's right. That's right. And I think I was talking to somebody about this, one of the podcasts previous is that, I don't, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done this podcast now, like years ago, because I wasn't prepared. I haven't gone through enough stuff to get there yet to do it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. You had to go through some stuff, learn some skills. And now this made this successful. Cause maybe if you did this before, you might've failed a lot more times or, you know, whatever. I don't even know how or, to get started. Like, you know what I mean? Like some that you, I think everyone's healing path and everyone has a journey and you have mm-hmm. to learn um, for yourself how to deal with it at that time. And mm-hmm. then what your next steps are for your future. And yeah. then it's never too late to reinvent yourself. Yeah. I don't think, I think so too. hundred percent. I think it's, and I think it's almost better as you get older. It's like you have uh, the less burden you start to have, you know, the kids are growing up and the demands are less. And now you have more freedom in your mind to be more creative and explore. And I mean, I know you still have kids uh, at home, but I, I, I've got one as well, but it's just, there's a freedom about them able to drive themselves places and you don't have to be at somebody else's right. whim, you know, right. um, you can exactly. actually kind of hang out with them whenever, you know, you want to, when they want to, whatever. Um, so this changed the trajectory of your life for sure. This health and wellness journey going and And so, yes, it started with the divorce, but at the same time, you probably wouldn't look back at that and, and regret that situation because look where it's launched you. Right. Cause people are always like, Oh, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I go, I'm great. <laughs> I, yeah, like, yeah. I am loving myself. I love my life yeah. I've created. Um, I, I love my friends and family. I love my job. Um, it's not even job. It's just my life. Right. Like it's just yeah. part of my life, like every day doing things like this. And so I don't take away anything. You have to sometimes go through things. I would yeah. recommend people going through a bad divorce, I know, but right, that's right. just my journey. That's my story. And so I wouldn't change it. I'm in a great place. And so you just live and learn. And then I'm just one of those that was uh, lucky and blessed enough to uh, know how to apply it and turn that negative into a positive. Absolutely. So tell me about, so the very first, so you got out of corporate America, you get into health and wellness, you're doing your fitness stuff. What's the first thing you tackled? Was it the new MPLS that you started doing? Yeah, the new MPLS. So yeah, so that just started forming over the years, but yeah, I became a bodybuilder first actually. So I was a figure okay. bodybuilder. Um, that was kind of my, wow. that was definitely my detox from that relationship. And sure. from that time in my life, you know, as a housewife, um, as yep. you know, just living like this little you know, yep. typical two parent, two kids, dog, rambler house in Minnesota. Yep. And that life was gone. 
like that, yep. that old shape was gone for sure. And so it was like, okay, what am I going to do? And so when I thought of the new MPLS, um, it was like, what did I need, need to do? I needed to create the new me. So then mm-hmm. th- that was kind of like my mission statement was let me help others create the new version of themselves. So new uh-huh. is nourish energy and wellness. Okay. So, so it's nourish your body. Yep. yep. Um, okay. And what didn't start that way. And then it turned into that. So sure. you know, nourish your body. So making sure you're putting the right things in your body, um, yep. energy movement, creating positive yep. energy and wellness, creating a healthy mind, body and soul. So, yep. Love it. And so the people that you were, uh, you're initially helping out with, you said you do this on a contract basis. Was it corporations you were helping, like helping them with their wellness plans? It did not start that way. It started off as free classes in parks. Uh, oh, nice. so as a group fitness instructor, yes. And donation based. So at first there was no contracts. I was like any other fitness instructor because it started off fitness. And then I was like, okay, I can do more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And then soon after that, I became a life and wellness coach. So that was my first contract actually was as a life and wellness coach. Um, I had great training. I got a phone call that they have watched me turning my life through fitness into this, like I became this bodybuilder. There's not many black women bodybuilders in Minnesota. And so back then social media was different 10 years ago. So as I was, you know, kind of journaling my journey, it, um, on social media, I would just put, you know, a quick video or something, you know, it was different back then. And so then people are like, well, how can I work out with you? I said, meet me at a park. So I started that. And then um, I ended up getting a phone call. Would I like to become a life and wellness coach? They think that would be great. So before everybody was a life and wellness coach, right? Mm-hmm. I actually was flown out to D.C. and I trained underneath Black Women's Health Imperative. Um, and I became a life and wellness coach through them and specialized in diabetes prevention. And then there was a program that, uh, so Pillsbury host. So I was a contractor with them and Medtronic funded the program. And that was my first contract almost 10 years ago. And from there, it just grew and grew and grew. And then everything just kind of built over the last 10 years. What what, what did you learn from, I mean, I'm sure you've learned a ton, but from that first, you know, experience into entrepreneurship, what was the biggest lesson that you think you learned at that time? Um, Or that you can look back on and go, wow, I wish I would have done that differently or, did it go the way that you expected it to? Yeah. Sometimes you don't need as many partnerships as you think you do. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you need to figure some, and sometimes as I say, very simple cliche, you need to put your mask on before you can help others. Sure. So I think that's what I learned is why I was trying to help everyone. I was still trying to shape and structure who I was as a woman now in her mid thirties. And then as a business owner, which I had Mm -hmm. never been like Mm -hmm. to that capacity. Yeah. And so the new, the new MPLS, uh, grows and then, uh, you know, and I want to touch on, you've kind of focused on, you mentioned some things like diabetes prevention and community healing and trauma healing. That's because you think about life coaching and health coach or health coaching. Those things aren't, those are very specific things. Um, and so why were those things super important to you to add into what you do. So the diabetes prevention, you know, once I got in bed, I was like, oh, I really like this because it's still helping people. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a program through the CDC and it's called Change Your Lifestyle, Change Your Life. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, 
I was like, I love this curriculum. It's a year long curriculum that actually has material. I'm mean, teaching people how to move their body 150 minutes per week. You are yeah. teaching them how to eat better. And then that mindset. And so that's kind of, I was like, oh, this is great programming. And so from there, it was like, once I got into coaching and you start going into it, I think when people think diabetes coaching, they're just thinking like you're dealing with people and their sugar levels. But at the end of the day, what I realized was there was some deep trauma behind people's eating habits, which we've all heard about, right? Yeah. And so that's what I start discovering. So I was like, let me add this into, I want to add the other layers. So I was like, okay, when I start digging deep, I was like, okay, you're eating bad because of something that happened when you were 13 and now you've created bad habits. You're not moving because something that happened bad when you were eight. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. So there's Mm -hmm. trauma living in your body. And so now you've created bad eating habits, which makes you, they're bit, then people were gaining weight, not healthy, getting Mm -hmm. arthritis because their body's not moving. I said, oh, in my mind, I was like, this all goes together. So I was like, let me get certified in all these and then put piece them all together. And then it just blew up and took off. Um, yeah, to incorporate all those things. Well, that that is, I think, so important because I mean that's something that people miss a lot. Because I've, I've been reading a lot about this. I've had lower back pain. I've had other things happening, and I'm like, what's going on? Why do I have? And it came out of the came out of the you know the blue, and uh, it so much has been now talking about finally like, the body keeps the score. Like all this right. trauma we hold in our bodies yeah. in certain places, and I think this is such a huge part of us getting well is addressing all of these areas. So I love that you're doing all of it. Cause I think so many people miss that. Like you go hire a trainer at the gym to help you out. They're not dealing with any of this stuff. They're going to push you and do all these other things. But if they're not understanding what else you're carrying with you, you're going to hold on to weight. You're going to hold on to injuries. You're going to be, you know, things are going to happen, uh, inflammation, right. whatever, because of what you've been dealing with in the past. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. I, that's what I learned is like inflammation is like the key to so many things and dealing with that. Yeah. If you're stressed or you dealt with some trauma or injury, you know, inflammation lives in your body, right? Yeah. And so we don't always deal with that. Instead, we feed it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or the, we yeah, it for- the wrong yeah. way, right? Yeah. I'm sure it right. comes in lots of forms. Like whenever I'm coaching someone, I'm like, first try and pull the sugar out of your liquids because mm-hmm. a lot of it's hidden in there, right? You've got milk, juices, soda, cocktails, wine, you name it, right? Yeah. And yep. so that's also what keeps people puffy. You know, we all yep. know men could stop drinking all of a sudden all their puffiness. <laughs> Us to take right. do this, drink a two gallons of water a day, work out, go sit in the sauna. But it is that's a right. great way to start, but it also it's gonna hone in on what is the true factor of the problem that's living inside your body. So what's a typical like training with you? What's it look like? I teach group fitness classes. And right now for years I did, um, classes. I've taught like 15 classes a week. Mm-hmm. I now just do private contracts. So mm-hmm. I specialize in, um, strength and conditioning, strength and training, okay. part of kickboxing, resistant bands. Um, and then I do a class lately, which has been helping with people with their stress is a stretch and flow class to gospel music. So I currently coach a private contract for 30 attorneys um, and they deal with domestic abuse uh, victims, which I'm a domestic abuse survivor. And so I loved their concept that they were having this wellness program for these attorneys because you inhale everything from everyone, right? 
And we, yep. and you have to learn how to separate that energy. So when right. I was speaking and they asked me, I said, this is great. I said, I want to do a stretch and fall class with them. So I'm not a yoga instructor. I am training mm-hmm. to be a Pilates instructor. Mm-hmm. But I said, and moved to positive music. I'm like, love it. These attorneys just love it because nice. they dealt with and heard so much from that day. They no need kidding. to release, right? As we know, attorneys are very stressed people, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And so I just, uh, so those are the things I do. So I contract my services to make fitness affordable, um, attainable, and accessible. Okay. okay. And so the trauma healing piece, where does that come in with the, the new MPLS? Excuse me. Um, so how do you approach that with people? Is it, is it through programming, uh, conversations yes. like, okay. So right now I do four contracts. I do one with the school that's for teachers afterwards. Like I said, there's attorneys. I do another mm-hmm. domestic abuse center. That's just for, uh, their clientele. And mm-hmm. then, um, I work with a couple, uh, couple private contracts. I work with a college where I'm there every week. Um, and it's usually it's lately it's staff and mm-hmm. them doing, you know, um, and just like, and so that's what I do. I contract services for every part of my business to, and, and go into facilities. But yeah, so I like to work that way. I think Very it's cool. more um, efficient um, yeah. for yeah. what my brand is. Yeah. Versus kind of one-on-one, it's hard to... It's yeah, I'm definitely time. a group fitness person. Yeah. I'm not yeah. a personal trainer. Um, I love movement all the time. There's so many different mm-hmm. ways to move. Um, mm-hmm. I have a senior class I teach. I love seniors to oh see gosh, them. Yes. Um, you know, because like they're just so happy to have life back into them. You yeah. know, like that movement. Yeah. You need movement. And people think like you got to get on the ground and do all this crazy stuff. You can be right in your chair and moving, yeah. right? Movement is yep. key. It's the energy, um, whether it's a positive or negative, leaving your body and what's around you. That's right. That's right. And I, my dad was in the uh, dementia ward for a while at the, at a local VA. And um, just the, like I said, you saying that, like it, when they could get up and do things and move and, and whatnot, I could see, you could see a difference in the way they were, their demeanor, even though that was a whole different aspect of having dementia on top of it. But uh, you know, I can only imagine what that feels like to be maybe stuck in a chair and it's all that you do or parked in front of a TV or, you know, you only get wheeled out to go and, uh, eat a meal together. Then you're, you know, I just think that's so important to keep, uh, to keep, keep people life. moving. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. yeah. And it's interaction. And like you said, it's energy. Yeah. That's we're huge. Vessels. We're vessels. Yeah. This is our vessel. What are we going to yeah. do with this? Right. We yeah. see people that are 85 and they're still driving and traveling because they've yeah. kept moving. You yeah. can't sit. Your body's not meant for you to sit and think, you know, and, and not be well. So when yeah. your sickness lives in our body, obviously there's other ailments that we can't help, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, diseases and things like that. But some things you can help. And I, and I don't know the exact statistic, but I feel at least 80% of it is what you eat, you yeah. know whether it's yeah. cancer, you're dealing with all that, um, diabetes, heart disease, it's what we're putting in our body. Are you drinking water? You yeah. know, that's the yeah. first thing. I don't even drink water at all. And uh, at Believe all. me, I know this. That's my, my struggle. I'm sitting here. I've got two, I've got a cup yes. of coffee and I've got water. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I always grab the coffee. I'm like, reach for the water first, reach for the water first. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's a, uh, 
it's great if someone is 65 and they want to learn something that, mm-hmm. you know, it's breaking the generational, you know, I won't say curses, but generational trauma and yeah. things that have been in our body. Trauma carries on from generation to generation too. That's right. That's right. I've been reading a book called um, Breaking the Age Code by Dr. Mm-hmm. Becca Levy. Levy. It's really good. And it's talking about age beliefs and how much it impacts how we age, how we how we you know, either decline or we thrive at an older age. And it's so enlightening. And I wonder if you've seen this working with seniors is, you know, if you have seen working with them and like, Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And then they struggle versus the people that are, you know, energetic and, and happy go lucky and they tackle it. Like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen some of that a little bit with your seniors that you work with? Oh yeah. They're very, you know, they come in and, you know, they'll be like, oh, you're fit and young. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm young is really, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm, I'm over middle age, which people don't even think about that, right? So if you yeah, made yeah. it to 70, you've had a long life. Because you have to think, mm-hmm. no age is actually 35, 30, 35. Yeah. Most life yeah. expectancy is 65 to 70. So. Yeah. When we think like if we're over that age, like you've done beyond great. So even yeah. with my own family, when I hear people and they're over 70, it's like, do you understand how long you've lived and what your body has been going through for all these years? So give yourself grace for where you're at. And it's never too late to start. It's always right. time to create the new you. It's always time. Yeah. You can yeah. you can deal with a lot of things by, you know, listening to your body and changing some things. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so important that you're doing that work with all age groups of the trauma healing and the nutrition, because I think, like I said, it all matters. And what we believe yeah. about ourselves and our energy, it all matters. So I love, I love hearing that you're tackling all of those areas. Um, and then the next piece. So then you started getting into this kind of ties in with where you're at. You're at Modern Well, Modern Well. And like I said, I keep mentioning this to uh, my listeners, but Modern Well is a co-working space for women. When did you join? Like that's where I met you briefly. But where did when did you join um, Modern Well? And what and I want to talk about it because I want to, I think it's been what I can see really important for the trajectory of kind of where things have gone for you. And I'd love to hear the impact it's made on on you and your life, your family, your business, that kind of stuff. So I actually have been in here the first year. Um, Julie opened Modern Well. She used to have free Fridays. So yeah. um, at that time, six years ago, I couldn't afford an office. And so yep. I came in and heard about that there was free Fridays and came and worked. And Julie walked right up to me and was pretty busy at that time. And I just yeah. sat on the couch and worked that afternoon, had a meeting there. It was great. And then, so that was 2017. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wait, was that? No, she just celebrated. So 2018. So 2018. Yep. Yep. So that, uh, it was like that summer. So she had just been open a few months. And then fast forward two years later, I've been home like everyone else with their kids. And it was just like Friday. I just couldn't think at home. I just felt like I wasn't being creative. Remember, I taught like at that time, probably I was teaching 15 classes all during each week. Yeah. So, which is crazy amount. So it was pretty exhausting. I need to do some other work on other parts of the business. So I was like, Google and looked up modern wall and I said it was open. So I didn't even call because a lot of places said temporary clothes. You remember? Sure. So I um, drove up there and it was Julie 
uh, her assistant at the time and one other person. And I walked mm-hmm. in and she was like, hi. <laughs> she was so Welcome. Yes. Came. Bad, and, go, hi. and so um, that was going on three years ago in 2020. And I've been a member ever since I signed up that day just to have a general space out there to work a couple of days a week. And now yep. I've had two offices here. So um, nice. So, and now she's a business partner. <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah. uh, and I don't think people understand <clears throat> modern. Well, it's not just okay, co-working space. You sit down, you do your stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been up there multiple times. Women are having conversations, meetings, there's photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Now there's a book conversations. There's workshops happening. There's a lot for everybody. You can just come and sit and do your thing and have your headphones in and whatever. But what I love about it is that it's it's such a collaborative space, just energy alone, but it's a support system, I think, mm-hmm. that many of us crave, mm-hmm. and you get that with a space like that. And uh, I just was going to ask you further about you know what that's done for you in your business, because obviously you've been successful prior to this, but what did it, how did it change you as a business owner since then uh, because of what you've been around? I feel like when you walk in here, if you're not feeling creative that day or don't feel like you have the ideas, if you just kind of sit and absorb the energy and the creativity that's going on through other business owners, it just really has helped my businesses evolve. I've mm-hmm. collaborated with other business people. There's people that I do business with on a regular basis, and it has just changed Um I think not just for me, but like I'm one of very few women of color that work here. And I I think um, just open a lot of people's minds and hearts to different ways to do business. And I think uh, it's helped me evolve as a business owner. Yeah, I love it. And that is something I know that um, when I look back on some of the, the things I remember about that time frame is Julie had mentioned, you know, um, I mean, George Floyd had happened right mm-hmm. that summer. And, uh, I don't know if that was what sparked, but Julie's like realizing we're not diverse enough here. And a lot of times we have things happen because word of mouth, a friend tells right. a friend, tells a friend, tells a friend. That's and that's, good. you know, we end up becoming a group of very one dimensional people mm-hmm. and realizing that and, and you being there at the time, whatever, whatever that spark was, uh, I love it because I think that space is so much more representative of what we're looking for and what we need yes. in the world. It may not be representative of what a lot of our lives are like, but what it what it can look like and what it should look like. And yeah. I love that. And I've been watching it from afar. And I think this is just um, such a much needed visual example of how people can come together from different parts, different cultures. And I just, I loved watching it from afar. Like I said, I'm jealous of you guys being able to be there all the time with each other. It's just been a great opportunity to learn other people's mm-hmm. businesses and what they yeah. do. Like, yeah. I think that has, and to be able to have them as guests on my platforms sure. and be able, you know, I think women are so creative. We're so yeah. innovative. Yeah. Um, and I think what it's helped me understand is that partnerships um, can be just for one event or they can be for a long term. And I think that's what's brought that level of diversity is the true level of partnerships and growing together. I love that piece. Because there's no way I would have grown like this at home. 
you, you're not, there's not the networking, you know, I go to a lot of networking events, but there's a lot of networking here. There's lots of events that people have, right? My financial advisor is here and my former business partners is here and, but I've been on Wellness Wednesday and I've had them on as panelists and they've had me on their platforms and stuff. So, um, definitely I've learned that like the key to great partnerships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think having women, uh, around you as a support system, because you may have, you know, uh, not everyone in our life or personal life gets what we do. They don't get like what you're trying to accomplish. You know? <laughs> and so we're like, I need people around me that get it, that can help cheer you on, that can help you, you know, push you to the next thing or whatever that is. And I think that's something that you have probably, probably received from being there, I would assume at this point. Yes. Yes, I I definitely have received that. Um, I think I love how people support my initiatives too. You know, I I realize like I do probably a lot more in businesses, in my businesses, than they focus on one thing where I focus on like six things, right? And people are like, oh, you do so many things. I go, I actually just hone in on these three things that represent these three things and that's it. But it just looks like it because I want to address how this affects all of our lives and then people yeah. get it and they like come back and they apply it back to their life and they'll come back and say something. So I think that's the biggest thing that I think I've learned is that mm-hmm. um, to be heart centered and yeah. to uh, learn from others and to understand people's journey. And that even though it looks like, Oh, they got it all figured out that I have influenced them and likewise. Yeah, absolutely. And so being there, um, again, getting the support system kind of around you and whatnot, this launched other things that you do, the let go, let flow. So fill me in on what all that is, because, um, again, that ties in. There's also then it's diversity and culture and a lot of things and it's having tough conversations. And um, let me tell me like where that idea came from. So let go, let flow had started before the pandemic. Um, I mm-hmm. was having uh, these lunch and learn uh, with different co-working spaces and offices about entrepreneurship, but over a meal prep. So mm-hmm. do a meal prep oh, nice. um, and for lunch and just how they can be efficient with their lives. So doing a quick meal and bringing it to work and then talking amongst other entrepreneurs. So I was doing those throughout the Twin Cities and then the pandemic hit and having these wellness Wednesday chats stopped. And yeah. so um, after a week, I got a call from a, clients saying they were really struggling being at home like their work was like their uh social life and now they're home they don't have kids they don't you know they had a dog and that was it and then they had something um uh they were um physically ill with some other things that they couldn't be around because they could get really sick so they're very isolated and so i said you know what let me just do wellness once and let me just so i put it out there we're going to have a wellness Wednesday chat. Anyone that wants it, I put it mm-hmm. on social media, can come. The first one I had, there was 80 people that came. Wow. Um, and so that's wow. kind of jumped off. Wellness Wednesday took it to another level. Okay. And so then from there, um, people just kept coming on. Every week at noon, this kept coming on, coming on, coming on. Had a couple guests. And then when George Floyd got murdered, and we were sure. talking about all these difficult, different topics and conversations. Um, I realized then that this needed to be turned into a business and that's sure. how the let flow three years ago happened. So it was already in the universe. I just hadn't like branded it. And so sure. now it's branded and, um, 
Yeah. And then we started with two events outside of that, which are now called the Black and White Affair. We're black women and white, white women are black. We have a panel of two black women, two white women. And we talk about things in this, uh, you know, this life that we've been dealing with, that it's um, 400 years of trauma on both sides. So how do we yep. bridge that gap? And yep. then we have another event called the Black Men Are Valued event. And that's how that all got started. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. And so with these programs and this, these businesses, um, I know we all can't be in Minneapolis, you know, to yes. be part of this, but um, what are some things some can, you can. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a lot I and mean, there's a whole, probably a whole mm-hmm. other conversation we can have about this, but is there anything we can do right now on a daily basis that you maybe give us as part of your help, you know, instruction to your women allies that you have, uh, there, uh, in your business. But is there something that you highly recommend, like top easy three things you can do to be a white well, ally? You can, um, tune into wellness Wednesdays because yes. we have wonderful topics okay. that, um, are free to attend. So they're hybrid. Okay. You can be okay. anywhere in the world if you can't cool. attend in person. Um, we touch on everything. Um, we always have wonderful topics um, and just highlighting. So we on the second Wednesday, we highlight the wins in the black and brown community. So I have a guest okay. from that. And on the fourth Wednesday, that's when Julie actually comes in. And we have courageous conversations between black and white women and okay, just cool. people. Um, like next week, we have a wonderful guest, Bukata Hayes, who is the CEO. CFO um, and the vice president of racial health and equity and diversity for Blue Cross Blue Shield. So he would be in person and talking about those things. Number two, uh, go to some events that aren't with just your friends that will have some diversity in it. Yep. Yep. You know, and number three, maybe it's time to make a new friend. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and talk to someone and not just, you know, anyone. Um, it's it's time to have a conversation with that neighbor, with someone that, you know, say hi to someone at the coffee shop. You might spark up a conversation and meet someone that you have more in common with than your whole group of girlfriends. That's right. And I've no, and I've learned that with clients. I have a great client who lives here in a very predominant neighborhood and she said, I literally don't have anything in common with them, but this look and image that we're supposed to have, I stay in it. But she goes, I really have more in common. Like when I come to your events and I meet all these different people, and most of them won't even come. And I said, well, you have to set the boundaries for what you want and where you want your life to go. That's right. So if it, you know, and so I think those are two things that allyship is, how are you supporting not just yourself, but others on their journey? So yeah. it's not hard. We live in the United States. People are everywhere. Find someone right. doesn't look like you. That's right. <laughs> because guess what? And I tell them this. It's like, my wife, like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know what to do. They don't know everything about being white. They don't know anything about being white. <laughs> yeah, know. <laughs> you know, it's different yeah. experiences like. Yeah. Um, yeah. As Julie and I always say, Julie and I grew up very similar, right? Two-parent household, you know, suburb, um, you know, one sister, you know, very simple, very middle, upper middle class, but then our lives took different paths throughout the, you know, later on. And then it kind of came back and then our lives 
are very similar now. So, you know, you just never know who we don't end up being friends with later on. And I know it's very, I, you know, I don't know about the rest of the United States and the world, but Minnesota is very like, has a small town feel. So you kind of have the same friends forever and ever. And God forbid we go outside that path. And so it's okay to go outside that path and um, talk to someone else and see, you know, where they're at. How are they doing? It's free to be nice. It's free to, it's free to be kind. Doesn't say it's not hard to just say, hi, how are you doing today? That's right. Sometimes that's all people need. And that's, that's your right. first way of entering anything of any type of uh, just uh, conversation, friendship or allyship. That's right. I see you, right? I see you. I hear yeah. you. I want to like I'm open. You reached yeah. out and like, Hey, yeah. you want to come on? That's the start of something, yeah. right? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't take much. <laughs> it doesn't take much. It's right. It's an invitation. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. And so then you also added in the stories behind the menu. I have loved watching this. This is like, I think, oh, this to watch what's happening behind the scenes of it all um, through like, you know, I'm watching the reels and the stories and stuff. I just love it. I love the culture piece of it. Um, So you've had, how many events have you had so far? Five. Five. Gosh, already. So tell us, okay, so so what are some of the events you've had with stories behind the menu? Uh, And what cultures did you feature? Yeah. So, um, like I said, this started in my home in 2018 where we were having a dinner book club and me cooking and talking mm-hmm. about uh, books and documentaries, which I love mm-hmm. and about how food has, to, how we all have to eat together. And it has changed. It changes us, right? We go to all yeah. these different restaurants, but we never talk to the people that make the food. We never yeah. have a conversation with them. We don't know like that, that food, that rice changed their life, right? For them to know how to make that meal has created generational wealth. But we yeah. won't even ask them about it. We won't yeah. even ask them about they don't we don't know. And instead, you know, we will make fun of people because of what they eat and now it becomes a delicacy in other people's culture. Sure, sure. You know how disrespectful people feel yeah. and how, yeah. like you said, not seen, like yeah. <laughs> But, and so I was like, how do we bridge that gap, right? A, through sitting down, having conversation over food um, and simple things like going over someone's house you've never been over to. Have you ever been to a black person's house? Have you ever been to a white person's house? Have you ever had an Asian person over or an indigenous? Like these are small things that, you know, once again, this is free. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We all make your meal. So what is it to invite someone over to eat with you? And so- when I asked people to come and be a part of this, I said, I really want to not just have this dinner book club, but what are we talking about? What is a problem that we can put on the table, have an adult, respectful conversation, have different opinions, but then come up with a resolution of how we can all grow from that. Mm. And so it was doing great. Of course, that little thing came about COVID (laughs) and stopped all that. So I tried to have a couple online and it was just boring and, you know, didn't work. So I waited and I happened to be up for an entrepreneur of the year from an organization called Neighborhood Development Center. And I was up against Sean Sherman, uh, the sous chef who won the Beer James Award. So we were up against each other. He beat me (laughs) with all due respect. Love you, Sean. And um, so we ended up having a conversation and um, that evening and he ended up inviting me to his restaurant had just opened. And so um, he said, can you come tomorrow? I said, yeah, I'll make sure I can come tomorrow. So he got me in and he and my friend of mine and we went and 
we got to listen about the land, um, his tribe, the Lakotas, mm-hmm. um, him having to buy back the land to start this restaurant, him starting the food truck, like his whole experience and what each food, you know, what that meant to his uh, family and his sure. people. And it clicked in me. I was like, here is the stories behind a menu idea that needs to expand. Text Julie, told her, I said, I got an idea. And so she's like, and so end up telling her, this is what I want to do. I want to have four dinners around culture and how it has shaped us all in America, food. But I want to start with Black History Month always and then hone in on different chefs. So we don't get the white guy that's trying to do the soul food. We sure. don't get the you know, yeah. other person trying to do, you know, Asian fusion. No, we're going to yes. get these people from their heritage so yeah. they can yep. tell the story. And I want them to tell the story the whole time we're there. So it's a seated dinner for 75 people. Love it. Anyone can come. It's an open. You just buy a ticket online. And then we have the chef there. They create a five, of course, you know, anywhere from four to six courses. And that's from their heritage. But then we attach that to a book or documentary. So you mm-hmm. watch that ahead of time. And we release that. And that's talking about food, too. And then they do storytelling. And here's the kicker. They don't survive who they come with. And that's really hard for people. Mm. It's really hard. And so Julie's like, I love it. So we put it out there, kind of did a business plan for him. I found four chefs. So the first one we had was uh, Chef uh, Kaiser Revolutionary Catering, which is two black women, Chef Kay and Sue Chef Mariam. And Mm. then we had um, Amalia Damgard, who's a Guatemalan. And then we had a Zewit Highlander, who is um, Israeli, so Jewish cuisine, because Julie is Jewish. Yep. And then we finished off the year with Sean Sherman. And nice. then, so now we started back, so back for Black History Month, and we had Chef Mateo Maccabee from Clue Restaurant, which is in St. Joseph, and he did Louisiana cuisine. Yeah. And we just did that last Thursday, and it was amazing. And so as Julie and I have grown over this year, you know, we ended up getting major sponsorship from Blue Cross Blue Shield because I wrote up, we wrote up something to explain to them how if we heal through food and, and understand each other's story, how we won't get to the mental health crisis, which we're in an epidemic with racism Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. And they loved it. They said, we understand how you're bridging that gap, which helps them. And so they came on. Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine came on as their media sponsor. And then we've had some others now, um, Bernstein, um, Chicago Lake Liquors. And then it just went from zero to 100. And so we're working on a huge education piece with some colleges and schools. We're working on a takeaway box called the Parbar Box that basically takes the stories behind the menu and it has all different recipes, some of the ingredients, a book. And then the store behind the chef, this one has a gift card. And you recreate that dinner for your friends and family if you want to have a party. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. It's like having those, one of those subscription boxes that everything's yes. there and you can grab yep. it and go. And so we just launched it last week. And so it will, uh, we'll be doing those for each one. And there will be a subscription that will go on storiesbehindthemenu.com. And, uh, yeah, so we're moving into that. And then, like I said, the biggest piece is uh, Amanda Brinkman picked us up for a documentary. So we uh, started filming last week, 
And uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for that because there's some exciting other things coming with that. That's exciting. I love this. And I think it's, like you said, it's how easy is it to, you know, you've heard things, you know, it's like, I would never eat that. That's gross, whatever. And that's a, and like you said, that's a disrespect to this, this culture. And because we don't understand it, we don't know it. And once you get educated and understand it. Where all, all the food in the United States came here through enslavement or immigration. Yes. Only food that was here on this land was indigenous people. That's right. And in Minnesota, they make only 1% left up of our population in the United States or in Minnesota. And so how do we hate on people but won't eat their food? You hate on people, but you'll put their food in your body. That's right. That's right. Doesn't make sense. Yes, absolutely. And like, yeah, it's so short-sighted on everything. It is. It's yeah. so short-sighted, and it's so, um, as I always say, ignorance is bliss, right? Educate yourself. You need yeah. to educate yourself about going to that next level, about the part that you play. We all play a part here, and we're not taking responsibility for where this nation's at. Our nation okay. needs help. It's it's in it's uh, between the gun, uh, you know, the guns alone, and then yes. the racism. Between those two, it's overwhelming. And then you move into other things as, you know, drugs and everything. But all that, every time, ends up being between racial health and equity, right? Yes. There's racism in food. There's equity, no non-equity in food, you know. And then without having a healthy access to the things that we talked about with fitness, wellness, and nutrition, Mm -hmm. right? Then your health is bad. If you can't eat well and you don't know what's going on around you, how can you be well? You can't. Yep. Yeah. You just can't. And it all impacts when then you go to the next level. It's the mental health issue we've got in this you know uh, country as well that's going off the rails. And off, yeah, I mean off the rails and just uh, again, food makes a big impact. Our quality of sleep. But you think about okay, sleep. if you're living someplace where there's gunshots constantly, how are you going to get a good night's sleep? Or you don't know your parents working third, you know, a third. Yeah, you can't. You, you parents working two jobs and they're coming home at midnight and you're worried about them and you can't get a good night's sleep because you're worried about your parents, like, or whatever. And there's just so much going on. There's so many layers to all of this. Uh, and there is an underlying, it seems like everything falls back to racism when it comes down to a lot of those things. Um, because it's right. Uh, and, and, and some of us Every take time. it for complete. Take it for granted and or not take it for granted, but don't make the connection because we're not dealing with it. And that's why I think this is so important is these conversations you're having and the businesses you're growing are helping bridge that gap. And I'm not going to say that white people are, are um, ignorant because there, it's a, it can be a choice of being, obviously being ignorant as well as a choice. But ignorance and, is lack of education, right? Yes. Lack of the education, lack of the understanding and lack of knowledge. If you want to learn about someone else, then you won't have these biases that are living inside of us that you automatically put on people that you don't even know, right? Like all these, you know, as soon as you meet, you know, it's always this aha moment with everybody when they meet someone that's different. It's like, why did you automatically put them in this bubble? You don't even know them. You don't even know them. And I hope it's not from hearsay. Right. Who's they? And so it is, um, it will be something that we will never see completely come to an end. I think uh, 400 years of oppression is 800 years in reverse, That's right. and, but we're definitely planting the seed and, 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 and nurturing that 
so yep. that as our kids, our grandkids grow and and as the years go on, that they can see this. You have to think back to 400 years ago. Can you imagine that they ever thought this? Oh, I know, right? A thousand percent. Like yeah. anything, like anything that's happening. So just imagine where it's going to be in 400, 800 that's years right. after us. That's it's right. going to, you know, I, I, as I say, I hope I'm, as I say, looking down from heaven and able to see like, yay, it did happen. Yes. Like, you know, yes. and I think it can. It's just, it's, it's, um, I'm very optimistic and, and hopeful. I don't wish, but I'm hopeful that it hopeful. can, we can make a difference and it can change. I think so too, especially with the things you're doing right now. And, and you're, you mentioned generational, you're bringing your kids involved, you know, your kids are involved in the work that you do as well. And they're seeing mm-hmm. it and they're seeing the positive changes that are happening around the people that you're with and <clears throat> the impact you're making in the legacy. Um, Talk about how it's, this has all impacted your, your family. You know, you've had your divorce, your kids have now, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, they were younger when all that happened. Yeah, they were younger. Um, how much, yeah. how much, you know, have, have they changed through all this whole process and watching you do what you do? And yeah, you know, the kids, um, I have to say that, you know, we're very close and it definitely has been a great influence to them, um, mm-hmm. for their past, for them as they're now going off to college and just the choices they made in high school. They both do well in school. Um, they're both involved in lots of activities. My daughter's involved in theater and, and, um, uh, singing. So she's yes. like the lead right now as a queen yeah. in Cinderella. She's oh, been the lead in, in multiple plays and, um, and then my son plays a uh, varsity basketball for his team. So it's helping them stay focused, but sure. also the business piece, right? That's great activities, but you got to have that education and business because I want them to be able to, after college, to come back and either be running this with me or running it, right? Yep. And my kids see it, right? They apply yep. it to yep. life. They, they right. wrote papers around about like, my mom really is making a difference in my life and teaching me, you know, how I can be the best version of me. And that's what I want. I don't, I don't tell my kids who they're supposed to be. I just said, put in to yourself as you put into everything else and watch how you flourish. And that's all I can ask. So I think they've turned into great young adults. Um, like I said, my daughter just turned 18 on Monday. It's mind boggling. You know, as you know, when that first one turns 18, it's like, what just happened? <laughs> Because like you remember being 18. <laughs> right. Like, oh boy. I know. Yeah. And and then how much more, uh, I'm not saying put together, but how much more they, they're, they're just um, in tune with themselves. I don't, I just feel like at this age, I was not like my kids yes. at this age, you know, and how much so, they've learned and grown. Right. I don't know. I get a lot of compliments about today. Jalen's quiet, my son. Mm-hmm. But they're like, that is one put together young lady. And I think she realized that showing up for herself like I have is really the number one thing, believing in yourself. Do not let the outside world, you know, decipher who you are and what your trajectory is. Your trajectory is greatness. You are great. And never let anyone, you know, water that down. If they start watering it down, tell them have a good day and move on because those aren't your people. And it's okay. Everybody can't go with you. And, And I think that's why I tell them is always believe in yourself. Always show up for yourself. Right. Yep. If you don't think yep. you're great, who else is going to think you're great? That's not bragging. That's believing in who you are right. and what you show up for. And the right. number one thing I think as a parent is the people don't realize that you, your kids are a product of who you are. They're yes. not just watching you. They are part of you. Right. Yes. They're, yes. It's a different energy. They know when things are off. When parents are like, oh, they don't know. I'm like, are you kidding me? 
Yep. You, you know, knew as a kid, you knew things were jacked up at home or whatever right. was going on. Mom and dad were fighting. You knew. Yeah. Right. And so I, and, and like I said, I'm very blessed. I grew up with great parents and I grew up in a very picket white fence, stable life, but I did. <laughs> and so that calmness, when I didn't feel that in my personal home, when I got older, I was like, this is how I was raised. I can't have my kids be like this. Yeah. This is a, yeah. you know, and luckily they didn't really endure anything, but it's still, I wanted them to understand healthy relationships sure. um, between myself and then with any a significant other and for sure. them to be able to have that and be able to have great relationships on all levels in their life. Yeah. And I think that's a big, I mean, we think about being a parent initially when we're first starting out the whole process. Okay. We're feeding them, we're clothing them, all the, you know, the basics, right? Basics. And then as they get older, there's such a huge, and even when they're like younger, they're watching everything that we do. And this is my biggest, like, I don't say biggest regret, but one of my big regrets is not realizing how soon they were paying attention to a lot of things and wish I was a different person back then for them. I mean, better late than never, but a lot of what I do and a lot of what I'm trying to do is showing them, you know, personal growth and pursuing better and, and to do better and um, to live true and be in alignment and follow, you know, a, a path that is a good human in general, right? And but a lot of things go into this parenting. It's not just giving shelter and food and whatnot. Uh, there's so much more that we can be doing for our kids. And I think role modeling is is something that has pushed me to do a lot more things because I know that they're watching. And if anything, it's like, again, breaking the generational stuff where you can, and not that, again, your family, you grew up differently, but uh, mm -hmm. when you can keep that going, as well as having your kids have a solid foundation, I mean, that's my mm -hmm. biggest motivation for so many things now is I want my kids mm -hmm. to have a different viewpoint of themselves starting out in the world than I had. And um, yeah. so I think that's awesome that yes. your kids are in that same place and because of what you're doing. Right. I just want them to be free. Mm -hmm. um, to be the, whoever they want to be. Um, and you know, the difference between us and them, right. Is that thing called the internet. Um, yeah. Right. That thing yeah. called the internet. And yeah. so I know. our parents didn't have to deal with that. So I just let them know. And they know that this, um, it's don't, and they get, they get this, like everything on Instagram, okay, that's a facade. There is some, some truths, but this, this point of view of people's happiness, mm -hmm. the materialistic things, mm -hmm. when they haven't even gotten in touch with who themselves are, that's mm -hmm. what I want them to understand. Figure out who you are. Yep. Don't worry about the rest of the world and it will shine and you'll shine. That's right. Oh, I think you're doing a fantastic job of obviously being a role model for them. I love everything you're involved in. I just, I am just in awe of you of the energy level of what you do. Good Lord, woman. Um, that's why you need to eat well so you can keep up your energy for all the shit do. you're doing. I drink water. Look, you yeah, see I drink water. water. Yeah. Let's drink water together right now. Good job for making me do that. Uh, the one thing I always want to finish off with is uh, what is one thing right now that's helping you feel awake, well, and empowered? If there's anything that you could, could throw out there to us. I think it's the energy I put into my businesses that are benefiting the rest of the world. Mm, I love that. That I'm energizing the world through yeah. healing. Yeah. It's just chicken noodle soup for my soul. That's right. Because what you're putting into it, then it's giving back to you and it's just the cycle Every of energy. Time. Yeah. Well, I can feel that when I first met you, 
the energy was there. I felt like I got to get to know this gal. And uh, so I obviously started stalking you on, on Instagram and, and it's been, been uh, a one-sided relationship since then because I'm pretty sure – I had no idea who the hell I was, but I feel like I know you and I I've loved you know who you are. <laughs> well, I love watching you. I just, I'm so enamored of all that you do and I can't wait to eventually get up there and get to one of your events and I'll check out the wellness Wednesdays for sure. Uh, is there anything else coming up that's, that you want to plug, talk about any events that people should be paying yeah, attention to? Farmers market. That's, so right. our- that's another thing we didn't talk about. Oh my gosh. She had the farmer's market. So, so yeah. So it starts May 20th. Okay. It's normal farmer's market, nine to one. On Saturdays in Robbinsville, Minnesota, you can find it on the website at the new MPLS.com. Okay. Um, I am the only um, black woman owned farmer's market in the state of Minnesota. Yeah. So we have, uh, last year we had 65 vendors. We're shooting for 100. Now we partner with the city. So we have free fitness every week. We have cooking competitions. We have meal prep uh, uh, classes. We... Um, partner with the Minneapolis Library, Hennepin County partner with library to come in, mm-hmm. literacy, we're doing art programming um, with the city, uh, and then we're doing our first walk run uh, uh, marathon to raise funds for arts for the kids this year. Um, oh. And so we're running from May 20th through September 23rd every Saturday. And we're a normal farmer's market. We just have lots of things that encompass everything, like I said, racial health and equity through the lens of fitness, wellness, and nutrition. So please sign up. We, we have taken vendors all the way to May 1st. So okay. we have room. Um, we have lots of um, incentives. Blue Cross Blue Shield and uh, Caribou Coffee are our number one sponsors. Nice. And then we work with other organizations like North Market. Uh, and uh, Pillsbury and North Memorial Hospital and the University of Minnesota. Very cool. Love it. I'm just so enamored of all that you're doing. And I just, I want to cheer you on from afar. And I wanted people to get to know you because you're doing just, you know, you're just doing amazing work and it's necessary work for sure. So thanks for, thanks for everything. Thanks for being on. I'll put everything in the show notes, all the things you mentioned, all the links to the farmer's market, her businesses, all the events, I'll, I'll be in the show notes. So make you guys make sure you pay attention to all that. So thank you again, Shay. I so, so appreciate your time. All right. Take care. We'll talk soon. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com. Or on Instagram, I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.